It is Tuesday, February 2nd, and we have now moved on from the Senior Bowl at Inside the Pile on the Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada, Mark Schofield here. We are finally ready to start digging into the Super Bowl. We're going to be talking about this for the rest of the week now, given that we do have the biggest game of the year coming up in just five days here now. Mark, five days away, but I think we're, we're pretty much jacked up and ready to go. We're jacked up. We're ready to go. We're recording this uh, Monday night to come out Tuesday morning. Uh, media day, well, media night now is currently underway as we speak, as we're recording this. I almost feel like we should you know, come up with some wacky questions or something, but that's not what we do. I mean, we could do it. We could. But we won't. Nope. We're here. We want to talk a little bit of football. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the Denver offense specifically. We have really the whole week laid out here, and we're going to try to break this up almost like a, a practice schedule. And so we want to focus just on one side of the ball tonight, just focusing on the Denver offense and that Carolina defense. And I guess, you know, obviously we, we've seen this Denver offense uh, with some inconsistencies, regardless of who is at quarterback, uh, Mark, any any first thoughts about you know what we're looking at heading into this weekend? Well, I mean, I think there's a number of places we can start. Obviously, one is let's talk about Peyton Manning for a minute and what we kind of expect to see from him um, in this Super Bowl. We saw in their open round playoff game looked all right. At times, at other times, kind of struggled to push the ball vertically, missed on some throws, some sideline throws. And then against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game, that was really sort of a defensive win from the Denver Broncos. Peyton had two touchdown passes, both to Owen Daniels, um, but those were based off of short fields. One was based off of an interception by Tom Brady deep in their own territory. So Peyton's going to have to come up with a bit better performance, I think, for this Broncos team to win in the Super Bowl. What do you, what do you think on that topic? Well, I, one thing that I wonder about, and you may be best suited to address this, but one thing that I, I get worried about when we talk about Peyton throwing against this defense here is whether or not his lack of velocity is going to come into play against such an athletic defense. Obviously, you talk about Luke Keekley, Everyone has seen what he's able to do, but we saw then in that game uh, two weeks ago, Thomas Davis, who may or may not be back uh, for the Super Bowl here, what he was able to accomplish as well. And this is just a, a defense that is loaded with unbelievable athletes that are able to go sideline to sideline. They converge on the ball quickly. They tackle well. And I, I just wonder against that type of athletic defense where, you know, you've got a lot of players with a lot of range, you have corners with great athletic ability. I wonder if the lack of velocity is going to really impact him here. He's, he's gotten by with with guile and with smarts to this point, And, you know, he's changed up the timing on his throws in order to get them there uh, as close to on time as he can. But I wonder if this is a bridge too far. And I, I realize I've been, you know, you, people have been talking about this all year and it hasn't, you know, hasn't gotten, uh, you know, it hasn't hurt the Broncos to this point. I mean, it has, but they're still in the Super Bowl and we're 12 and four in the regular season. So maybe, maybe I'm just kind of whistling past the graveyard here, but that, it's something that concerns me. Right. And it's understandable, especially when you look at that NFC championship game tape and you look at you know, Carson Palmer had some trouble pushing the ball vertically. Again, he was also dealing with perhaps a finger injury, so his velocity wasn't there as it, it could be, but had trouble pushing the ball vertically, tried to throw it into some tight windows and got intercepted a few times. The difference is 
Denver's not really a push the ball vertically, you know, attack deep out routes kind of team right now. Their game's going to be a lot of trying to get stuff going underneath on crossing routes, on mesh routes, on rub routes. Try to get Owen Daniels open. That's a name that people really need to keep in mind for this Super Bowl. I mean, and thinking how Denver might sort of attack this Carolina defense in the passing game, I took a look at some of Carolina's games from this season to see what they did when teams put the tight end and split them out. Because if you think about that AFC Championship game, one of the touchdowns, you know, Denver put Owen Daniels out wide, got a matched up against Jamie Collins, who's probably a superior athlete. But Daniels was able to put a double move on him, get Collins twisted in space, and it went for a short, well, probably about a 12-yard touchdown pass or so. Carolina would sometimes, for example, in their regular season game against Seattle, Seattle put um, Jimmy Graham, would split him out wide sometimes. They would put him in the slot at times. Who do you think that Carolina used to cover him in those situations? Are we talking uh, when they were covering Jimmy Graham? When they were covering Jimmy Graham, when they put him out in the slot or out wide. I'm guessing it's not Luke Keekley because that would be the easy answer, right? No, they went with Norman. And that's is, that's kind of similar to what we've seen the Broncos do on the other side with Talib sometimes, where they've matched right. him up with tight ends. So you think there's a chance that we see Norman split out, not, not split out, but rather when tight ends are split out, you think they see him? Picking I mean, that's him up kind of a, a, something that I'm wondering. Like, if you're Carolina, are you going to take Josh Norman and put him on Owen Daniels? I mean, it doesn't seem like that's a matchup that really makes sense. But yet, you know, when they went in man coverage schemes, which is you know what they like to do. Not all the time, but a lot of the time, they would take Norman and match him up against Jimmy Graham. And that, I don't, I, I can't sit there and say definitively that that's what they'll do because it would really surprise me because then you've got other guys like Sanders, you've got Demarius Thomas, and then you've got, you know, your second cornerback, your nickel corner having to cover those guys. And you're taking your best guy and putting them on what you would expect to be Denver's third most dangerous offensive weapon in the passing game. Well, exactly. And that's kind of how I view it is in a situation. And you could make the argument that earlier this year, before Doug Baldwin started just going off and having a tremendous, uh, tremendous, you know, second half of the season, you could make the case that Jimmy Graham, even though he wasn't getting a ton of touches, might have been the biggest threat early in the season for that Seattle team. I think you start to look at this Denver team. And as you mentioned, you got Emmanuel Sanders, you've got Demarius Thomas out there. And, you know, when when we even talk about, you know, strip Owen Daniels out is where do you think the best matchup is when we talk about the two Carolina corners here? Because you've got Norman and then you've got Robert McClain on the other side of the field, who's played very well as well. And, you know, I'm guessing you probably end up with Norman on Sanders just because he is the bigger threat at this point. Is that is that what you're thinking as That's well? That's probably what, what what happens. And then it comes down to, you know, McLean on Thomas and what Denver's able to do sort of in the passing game. Now, where that kind of might play out to Denver's benefit is if you think about Demarius Thomas, he's kind of a bigger guy. And he does still have some pretty good chemistry with Peyton Manning in that passing game. There are a couple of throws on sort of deeper curl routes where Thomas was able to get some separation, was able to, in that AFC Championship game, make catches even though the timing wasn't quite there. I mean, that might be a way for Denver to sort of push the ball down the field just enough to take some pressure off the run game, which might be the central theme of this game. Yeah, one other thing I've wondered about in terms of the Carolina corners is Demarius Thomas, uh, whether rightly earned or wrongly earned, uh, has a reputation for occasionally playing soft in some big games. And part of me wonders if just for a couple plays here and there, 
if Carolina ends up throwing Cortland Finnegan, who, while yeah. not a big guy, gets physical and gets in the heads of receivers, if you just throw him in there for a couple plays just to disrupt him and potentially get him off his game mentally, I wonder if that's something that you see as well. I mean, they could do it with Finnegan. I mean, they can do it with Josh Norman. I mean, think about that yeah. regular season game between the Panthers and the Giants and how Norman and, well, frankly, the sideline for the Panthers was kind of able to get into the head of Odell Beckham. Sure. Kind of get him off the game a little bit. I mean, that's there are many different ways that they're going to try to slow down this Denver offense, and these are just a couple, I think. Do you think there's any chance, and talking about Owen Daniels, do you think a guy like Shaq Thompson ends up out there? That might make some sense. I mean, they do. It really kind of depends, depends, I think, on the health of Thomas Davis and how willing they are, you know, because if you figure Denver's going to roll out a lot of 11 personnel, uh, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers at you. Um, so Carolina typically goes four, two, five nickel. They usually would have Davis and Keekley on the field, but if, you know, Keekley's, I mean, if Davis isn't really ready to go as much, yep. given that's, you know, injury, then you're probably expecting to see Shaq Thompson in for those situations. And yeah, I, I'd expect to see if that's the personnel that we're looking at, you know, Shaq Thompson on Daniels, um, try to slow down the tight end. Cause remember, Kubiak loves getting the ball to tight ends. I mean, Owen Daniels was kind of his guy. Brought him over from Baltimore when he moved to, made the move to Denver. Uh, played a big role in that AFC Championship game. So I'm not going to be surprised to see him a big part of that game plan for Denver. They were in Houston together well as well, correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, they go back to Houston, so... So I guess when you know you were going to touch on the uh, the running game of Denver before uh, before we kind of got off on that tangent there, and I guess when we talk about that running game, you mentioned you know Denver likes to run a lot, not run a lot, but they they have a number of plays out of eleven personnel. If if Carolina ends up in nickel, is that a situation that favors that Denver zone running scheme? I don't think so, and the main reason I'd say that is I took a look back at a couple of games where Carolina faced teams that run similar. You know, at least zone blocking schemes up front. Teams, you know, can run it out of different, you know, methods, different ways, different sort of schemes around it. You look at that Seattle regular season game. Um, Seattle was able to get gain 115 yards on the ground in that game, but when you break it down a bit, more than half, well, almost half of those 53 came from Russell Wilson breaking the pocket. So they're basically like scrambles that he turned into positive gains on the, on the ground. And that is not a threat this weekend. You're not worried about that this weekend. You look at when um, Carolina played Philly. And Philly, they racked up, I think it was um, 177 yards on the ground on 30 carries. Well, the bulk of that was sort of off-zone read looks. Where Bradford's taking the snap, putting the ball, meeting Murray at the mesh point, and sort of reading the defensive end. Well, okay. If if Coney Ely's out there and he sees Peyton Manning putting the ball in C.G. Anderson's belly, Coney Ely's not even going to think for a second that Peyton Manning's going to keep the football. I mean, that's not what they do. No, you, so, it's, it's just it's not it's not what Manning does. They're not, not going to expose him to that type no. of risk. It it just wouldn't make sense. No. So you think this is a chance, even with some smaller personnel potentially, Carolina should be able to narrow in on the running back just because they're not going to have to worry about a second threat right, out there. Right, because then another game I looked at, another team that runs that zone running scheme but not so much that read option stuff, is that Washington game when yep. Carolina played Washington. You know, Washington, they use zone blocking schemes up front. They don't do a lot with Cousins and sort of read option look. So it's kind of a, a probably a better sort of comparison. Washington gained, what was it? 14 yards on 12 carries for a whopping 1.2 yards a carry. 
it's not particularly good. That's not that good, my friend. <laughs> I mean, that's not that good. And, you know, there were times when they did run it out of 11 personnel. There were times when they ran it out of 21 personnel. But, you know, they tried zone. They tried power. They tried everything they could. They couldn't get the ground game going. So I think, you know, that's going to be a big story. If Denver can't establish a little bit of the run game because you need that to sort of set up what they like to do, especially now with Peyton Manning, some boot action a little bit, some play action, and get them maybe some easier throws up the seam where you get guys out of position. If they can't establish some semblance of a running game, and it doesn't have to be, you know, six yards a pop, five yards a pop, even if they're just doing enough, you know, a four-yard carry here and there to make Keekley, to make, you know, Davis, if he's, health, if he's healthy, Shaq Thompson, if he's in there, think a little bit about the run so they get out of position and open up Daniels on a seam route or, you know, Sanders coming over in the middle on a slant off of a, you know, a mesh or a fake in the backfield. That's going to help Denver big time. But I don't know if it's going to happen given what I've seen on tape. So I guess when we talk about the Denver receivers here, and we've touched on running backs, we touched on receivers a little bit, but talking about the Denver receivers, how much do you think you see them moving those guys around just to try to find different matchups uh, that, that can potentially work? Obviously, Carolina, they do run a decent amount of man here, so it's not like you can necessarily uh, just pick and choose you know, where you're going to put guys and, and hope that you end up with a different defender on. Is that right? Right. I think you're probably going to see a lot of motion, a lot of shift and a lot of, you know, let's start with, you know, Sanders and Thomas maybe in a stack slot. Um, see if you can get one of those guys sort of a freer release off the line of scrimmage. Um, a lot of rubber yeah, outs potentially. A lot of rubber outs. I mean, that's something Denver's done for years. Yep. And they'll they'll try to do it again, especially if you're, you're seeing man coverage a lot in this game, which, you know, I think you will. I mean, I think you're going to try to maybe – I don't know if you blitz Peyton a ton, but I think you blitz him enough um, to try to take advantage of you know the limitation is in, in his physical ability right now. What about uh, in terms of protecting Peyton Manning, keeping him upright? Uh, you know, obviously you talk about the the defense for Carolina here. You've got some big guys that are able to to stand up and look in in four man rush situations can get some decent pressure here. You know, it's not necessarily a case like two weeks ago against the Patriots where the Patriots were having to bring five guys in a lot of situations in order to get pressure and leaving some guys open. You may be able to get some some shots at Peyton with only four guys rushing. Yeah, um, I, I think, again, that kind of goes to what they can establish in the ground game. Um, if they can get enough just to slow down that front a little bit, put you know the fear of the ground game in their minds so they don't get a chance to pin their ears back and just come after Peyton on every snap. I mean, another thing is going to depend on the sort of the flow of the game. I mean, if the game you know gets out of hand one way or the other, it's going to totally change the complexion of the game. I mean, if you know Carolina gets out to a couple of quick scores and makes Denver sort of have to become one-dimensional, then you know I'll be, I think Peyton Manning's going to be in for a long night. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would probably agree, and I think, uh, I wonder if this is a situation similar to what we saw in that New England-Denver game, where New England won the toss and unexpectedly uh, elected to receive. I think probably trying to play from ahead most of that game. Yeah, that might be. I mean, I think some of that was also, you know, the altitude, the home field advantage, the fact that in that regular season meeting between those two teams, New England's defense kind of ran out of steam near the end, and I think there was a thought. And that Patriots coaching staff in Bill Belichick's mind, let's try to get on top of these guys early, maybe get a lead. Maybe, you know, we don't have to rely on the defense down the stretch. It's strange that it turned out where New England still had to rely on that defense down the stretch. And the defense played 
Great basically shut out ball in that second half, and there's the only reason that New England still had a chance to win that game. Very good. Well, we've got about uh, about a minute left. Any uh, last things you want to touch on before we uh, head out for the day? Um, last things that I want to touch on. I mean, I, I usually like to try to come up with an X factor for a lot of these games, and you know, in the NFC Championship game, talked about Corey Brown, um, how he might play a big role, and he did had a huge, you know, long touchdown catch and run. Um, I guess if I were to pinpoint one X factor, it would be Owen Daniels. I mean, he played a big role in that AFC Championship game. He's somebody that I think Peyton has a lot of trust in. Kubiak clearly has a lot of trust in. I wouldn't be surprised to them, you know, to come up with a couple of different ways to try to get him the ball, to scheme him open, maybe take some pressure off Peyton, maybe take some pressure off that run game, put a little bit of pressure on those that linebacker core. They've, they had a great year this year, but in thinking back to last season and you know, especially that divisional game against uh, between the Panthers and the Seahawks. You know, I took a lot of the look, a long look at that film with those linebackers, and they had trouble at times on play action covering the tight end. So, something to keep in mind as we get ready for the Super Bowl. Good stuff. Well, I think we just uh, pretty much covered most of the Denver offense in about 15 minutes. We did some good work there, my friend. I'm kind of out of breath. (laughs) Need some oxygen. I feel like I'm playing in Denver. Take a breather. Get yourself a little ice. All our listeners, make sure you tune back in tomorrow. We have our regular full-length 40-minute Wednesday podcast going to be coming up then. Next couple days after that, we're taking a look at the Carolina offense. And then Friday, a little bit of special teams action on a jammed week for Super Bowl week. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield, catch you tomorrow.